What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, it is not a good time to be a Buffalo sports fan, as the Sabres fell to the Nashville Predators 2-1 to one after losing to the Carolina Hurricanes 6-2. to two. The Sabres are now 3-6-1 and one in their last 10 games. Coincidentally, that is how long it has been since Tage has been out of the lineup. This game against Nashville, it's tough because you can't really look at it like a game like the Carolina game where they just get blown out of the water, but they certainly weren't good tonight, and we are at the point now, and I should say, actually, we are far past the point of moral victories or giving them a pat on the back for playing hard. Brutal start to the Sabres for this one in the first period. They were just disjointed, no chemistry. Olsen, we will give him credit, though. He has continued some of his strong play as of late. He had a strong drive to the net, resulting in a penalty shot, which he ended up capitalizing with a nice move. After Olsen scores, Sabres come out buzzing. Couple nice chances from the Skinner, Tuck, and Middle stat line. The crowd's getting back into it. You're thinking, all right, maybe they might be able to put something away here, tie this game up. Granado then starts to make some lineup moves after starting with the Darlene Samuelson first pair. He finally broke them up, paired Darlene with Yoki Haru. And boy, oh boy, Matias Samuelson's rough year continued. He, I thought, did not look good at all tonight. For starters, he is just useless in the offensive zone. And we've known this. It's normally okay when he's holding it down in his own zone. Then you're able to maybe excuse some of that. But my God. God, there were just a couple of times that I think it was in the second period in particular that he had the puck on his stick at the point, And it was the most, there was one that he was coming in actually along the half wall and just let go the most pathetic, like little shot right into Saros's chest. It was just absolutely brutal. On top of that, he looked bad in his own zone. I thought in this one, there was one battle in particular, I believe it was in the third period. He lost it to Philip Forsberg along the half wall in his own zone. Don't get me wrong, Philip Forsberg. Obviously, you know, we're talking about a, a perennial all-star caliber forward here, but just get completely outbattled Matias Samuelson for this puck. And it was it was pretty pathetic. I mean, the thing is with Samuelson for me is that I don't think that we are forever resigned to him being this bad. I think that he could very well end up figuring it out, but my God, they absolutely need him to. Speaking of guys who have been having a really rough year, man, Dylan Cousins. Oh, he had some really, really quality high danger chances. There was a few of them that he just could not bury that you would have thought last year would have been for sure goals for how he was playing then. But now it has just been a continuous rough go of it for Dylan Cousins throughout the early part of this season here as we're now just about a quarter of the way through, or I would say give or take a quarter of the way. After the one rush, though, it was, I believe, at the end of the second period, his last shift of the second period, skated back to the bench, noticeably upset, banged his skate, banged his stick, banged his head on the boards. He was furious with himself after it and with good reason because it was a great chance that was set up by i believe zach benson and jj paterka on that one one of the big things that we talked about last year taylor with them going for it last year being in the playoff hunt the need for them to in addition to that this year make a big move going into this year try and supplement the roster here give some you know reinforcements to the squad here and just make yourself better one of the big reasons that we were talking about that so much not only for the sake of making yourself better but the fact that you didn't know if last year was going to be the best that you got out of Darlene Cousins Tage and everybody else who had a career year last year it wasn't a guarantee that they were going to regress 
but you had to at least be prepared for some level of regression and they flat out did nothing. And now they're starting to pay the price for it. If there's anything we can give them, UPL, I thought had a nice performance tonight, 27 saves in this one. He kept a minute. He kept it a one score game after Olofsson was able to get him within one. I thought he played a really good game and to shot chaser it. bad news though. Alex Tuck left this one early with an injury. So Taylor, there's a lot we can talk about right now. There's people who are already talking about potentially calling for Granado's head here. There's questions about if this core is actually good enough to be able to get to the next level. A lot of questions right now facing this Sabres team. Where is your head at right now, Taylor, aside from wanting to jump off the Skyway? Did you ever feel like nothing good was ever going to happen to you? <laughs> See, I say that, and then a Columbus Blue Jackets fan, or honestly, in our situation, maybe more like a Leafs fan, just says, yeah, nothing did. So yeah. what? <laughs> oh, beautiful. man. Just I Honestly, I always thought that was a really funny line in The Sopranos, a really funny exchange, <laughs> and now I just I feel it so deep in my soul. It hits a little uh, too close to home. Yeah, buddy, seriously. Um. God, I don't, I don't really know what to say. I'm just – I kind of gave up on this season, and it's a weird thing. Um. It's really hard to give up long term, or at least I have a hard time with it. It's just really hard. Uh, it's hard to just be like, "Hey, this error is over. This error is a failure. Fire everyone." That was tough because when we had Eichel in the last era, it it was we held on for a really long time. Like I, I didn't really want to trade Eichel that much or Reinhardt just because it was like, "Geez, we put all this effort in here. We tanked all these seasons, and we're gonna get rid of these guys and rebuild again." I'm too old to do this again. But we did it, and I was mostly positive the last couple of years, and now this shit. And it's like, you're just wasting my time. I don't think that this era is a failure, this rebuild's a failure, but this season is a failure. And it's getting to the point where there's you're going to reach the point of no return. And I think it's really unfortunate, the realization that, well, two things. First of all, Kevin Adams and the front office in general didn't have this penciled in as a playoff season, which is crazy to me. Inexcusable. Inexcusable. It's, it's just you don't need this many years and we've talked about it. Why like this, the team is very young and there's a ton of prospects, but you also have a core that's not that young that should be winning. So like Darlene's not about to age out or anything, but Darlene's in his like his fifth or sixth NHL season. I'm I think sixth. So he doesn't need to be like playing his 500th regular season game without a playoff game or whatever. Uh, And like Tage mid twenties, Skinner 31, Tuck 26, 27, whatever he is. Like there's there's these guys that like that's that's a core you could be winning with being supplemented by these younger guys and theoretically, if you had a GM with a pulse who did stuff in the off season, maybe one other good guy, some Tyler Toffoli type to help you out. Uh, you don't even have to be at the level of like a Timo Meyer type move, but you let a team in your same conference make those two moves. Uh, which I don't want to get into all that. The, the Devils are weird this year, but what the other second thing that I was going to get that that kills me about this team is. Now I'm a little shaken in terms of my confidence going forward. I thought they were building the makings of like a real contender, not just a team that'll make the playoffs because a lot of teams make the playoffs. Half the teams make the playoffs. And now I'm looking at this, I what I've laid out in terms of who's gotten better or worse or the same from last year. And it, it makes me ask a lot of questions. So I'll just lay it out for your, the listeners real quick. In terms of who on the team is better than last year, middle stat, continue to improve. He looked really good at the end of last year, but he's, I think, leading the team in points this year, if I'm not mistaken. His passing has continued to improve. He's just been a 200-foot 
like good player. I mean, he hasn't really goal scoring isn't really happening, but he's gotten better. Yoki Haru, he's been fine. Uh, UPL, not bad. He's at like a 907-ish save percentage. That's much better than last year. JJ Paterka, really encouraging. He's he's taken another step, just like you would hope he would. Uh, and then Jordan Greenaway, who I'm pretty sure was just injured at the end of last season. So <laughs> I don't know how much that counts because he's hurt again now. Or, I mean, he's uh, we, don't, we haven't really heard that much about that, his injury, weirdly. But yeah, so that's that's that with those guys. And then in terms terms of guys who are more or less the same, Owen Power, which is kind of a disappointment because you'd expect him to take a step that I don't think he really has, to be honest. Jeff Skinner, fine. Tuck, fine, except that now he's hurt. And if it's if it's really serious, like it seems like it might be, like I mean serious in terms of a month or more, yikes. Uh Comrie, that's bad. Because he was bad last year, and his save percentage is abysmal this year. Victor Olsson, I have him as a question mark because in the middle of third of last season, he scored like every other game, and then he didn't score near the end of the season. He got scratched a bunch, and then I don't know what to think. He's but he's been pretty good, is what I'm getting at. And he, I guess you take the aggregate of last season, he was pretty good. Yeah. Jacob Bryson, meaningless. We haven't seen him really. He's played three games, mm-hmm. so he's been the same, sure. But who's gotten worse? Who's played worse this year? Who's having a worse season than last year? Tage Thompson, Rasmus Salin, Dylan Cousins, Peyton Krebs, Kyle Oposo, Zemgus Gergensens, Matias Samuelson, and Tyson Jost. It's a long list with a lot of important guys on it. And you notice I didn't even mention the guy they traded for midseason last year, Riley Stillman, who they ba- they had to waive because they couldn't make up their mind of which defenseman they wanted. I guess that was an example of it, but a weird one since they just traded for him. Yep. You know, Ben, and then obviously I mentioned Benson or Zach, or, uh, sorry, Zach Benson or Ryan Johnson, who are new here. But yeah, long list of guys who were worse than last year, isn't it? I mean, even just going through that list now, thinking about this roster as a whole, how worrisome is it? Because <laughs> you, you, we, I feel like we pose it as like a bright spot, but in reality, it actually is worrisome that Zach Benson has been a top three forward for this team this year. Ryan Johnson has been their third best defenseman this year. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's great that those guys are doing well, but what does that say about this team that should have had playoff expectations this year that your 13th overall first round pick who's 18 years old and your what is Johnson? He's got to be like 21, right? 21, 22 that your rookie defenseman yeah. who is just making 30. jump. What's that? He's 30, 30, right? Excuse me. <laughs> that your, your Jordan Bennington defenseman is just <laughs> rookie defenseman is just making the jump to the NHL from the college level and is already your third best, best defenseman. You have in consecutive days or games, I should say, I believe, right? Clifton was scratched on for the Carolina game. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't he? Yes. I think that's the game. Yeah. So you've in consecutive games scratched or had to scratch your two off season acquisitions that you somehow thought were going to be meaningful enough to really move the needle for you. And on top of that, you are getting completely bailed out and I'm using bailed out with major, major air quotes here because you're out of a playoff spot right now. But Jesus Christ, man, if UPL was not having the year that he's having right now, how bad would this? T- We're talking like a bottom five team if it weren't for UPL, maybe single handedly. And again, that speaks to the fact that the front office looked in the net and saw a 21 year old with seven games worth of NHL experience. They saw Eric Comrie, who hasn't, who's played what, maybe 50 games and has been 
not good in his Sabres tenure. And you look at UPL, who's been around for a few years, but by no means was somebody that you could have relied upon to be an every night starter this year. And they did nothing. They looked at this forward group. They looked at Tage having a big year. They looked at Cousins having a big year. Skinner, Tuck, all these guys. Middlestad turning it around. What did they do to help this team? Nothing. You have Owen Power. First overall pick to pair with your other first overall pick who you have on your first pair. You have the luxury now of having a second pair with a second first overall pick. An incredibly talented two-way defenseman. What did you do? to try and make his life easier, to try and make him better. You made the exact same mistake that you made with the other guy, with Darlene, by not getting him a partner that's suitable for him or that's going to help make him better. And instead, we're put in these situations where you're relying on guys on the on the defensive end, and even to a degree, I would say, even you know with the forward group, and way more on the defensive end, you're relying on these guys to just drag their partners around. And then to top it all off, you have a GM that we still don't know if he's even capable of being a GM for a good NHL team. If he's just was able to hit all the right buttons for the rebuild portion. We don't know if he's good enough to be a, 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 a the GM of a playoff team year in and year out to make the additions that you need to make to supplement a roster, to supplement a core, to even like make the core better. Like go out and get somebody that maybe makes your core better even. But on top of that, we also are dealing with a coach that seemingly just willingly willfully ignores the numbers willfully ignores the eye test in by and large through this downward spiral has continued to trot out many of the same defensive pairings that being obviously Darlene and Samuelson that it took them halfway through the game or three quarters of the way through the game before they even switched that he's really not that creative with the forward lines either. Like you're really not inspiring a whole lot of hope there or creativity or to get a spark going or anything like that. There's, I mean, their team defense has gotten better, but it's come at the expense of, of their scoring, which was the thing that made them exciting and good last year. And now where do we stand here? I, I, you know, I, I feel bad. I so tonight for the the game, I was lucky enough to lucky enough. I was fortunate to be there because I performed. My band did the in house entertainment, and I had uh, somebody come up to me. I want to give a shout out to our our pal Rhett, um, who is a listener of ours from Ithaca, Ithaca, New York. My girlfriend Grace is from Ithaca, so that was a fun little tie in there. Really nice guy comes up, introduces himself. He mentioned that we were on his uh, Spotify Wrapped in his top five podcast, which was really oh, nice. nice. So again, shout out Rhett. And after we exchange pleasantries, he's really nice. He's telling me what a fan of the pod that he is. He then says, I got to be honest though, man. Like, I don't think I can handle another season of you and Taylor just getting mad about them every episode. (laughs) He's like, I don't think I can do it. He's like, I don't think I can do it either. I was like, brother, let me tell you that feeling is mutual. Like (laughs) Taylor and I don't want to be doing this either, man. Like, this is not how we want this to go. We want to get excited about them. You know, I I always think back to that stupid comment we got on Apple podcast of the person being like, it's a podcast. You're not supposed to yell. Like, I want to be clear. (laughs) Taylor and I do not like just like letting the avalanche fall down on this team. We do not like ragging on them repeatedly, but the fact of the matter is, 
is that we as fans, Taylor, myself, everybody listening right now, everybody who is in that arena tonight, everybody who has paid a dime to go to a game over these past 12 years deserves better. We deserve better. It does not take this long. It should not take this long for a team to get into the playoffs in a league where half the goddamn teams make it in. Half the teams make it in, and we have the longest drought in the history of the sport. Okay. Again, I don't know what conversations Pagula and Adams are having with regard to timeline expectations. I know on our last episode, Josh from Evolving Wild, check that out if you haven't listened. Josh was very much of the belief of, oh, no, you guys are in for one more development year, and then next year is the one where you really got to go in because it's a good free agent class, this, that, and the other. Can somebody in that building show a goddamn sense of urgency, please? Can somebody show me that, they're fed up with this and that this isn't acceptable that we're, we're like not going to maintain this roster for the sake of vibes. You, you fix that. You're not a laughing stock anymore. Nobody is looking at Buffalo and being like, God, what a nightmare this is. Eichel is gone. Risto's gone. That is behind us. Okay. The vibes are not enough. You need to go out and get good hockey players and you need to give up good pieces to do that. But you can't be afraid. And Taylor, I got to tell you, I feel like Kevin Adams is afraid. It's either he's afraid or he's just not good enough at this. And I don't know which one is more scary. Mm. I wonder if it's, um, in his case, if it's being afraid or like a just real unwillingness to deviate from the plan, whatever his plan is. But, but I think they I, I think the afraid thing is a good point, though, Brandon, because I think they are not willing to make tough moves sometimes. And I, I guess I'll afraid. give some they're afraid to lose in a trade. They're afraid I, well, I, in I that one. Yeah. That. I, yeah, that that's that's a good point. I mean, in, in more in terms of where the roster is right now, I guess I'll give them some credit that Johnson and Clifton have sat now. But this is going to have to be a regular thing. Like I. The list I have right now, that list of guys that are worse than last year, doesn't include Johnson and Clifton because they weren't here, but they're on the, the bad list with all those guys. So that it's duly concerning because on one hand, Tage, Darlene, Cousins, why are these guys worse than last year? That's what the hell's going on with that. The other part is just like, well, you got these other guys like Oposo and Gergensons and, and then Johnson and Clifton, I guess, are in there as well. And even Tyson Jost or whoever else is, well, these guys just really aren't that good. And Samuelson, I guess, is an example too. You might have to sit guys that you didn't expect to sit. And like, those are the, the tough decisions you have to be willing to make. There'll be tough decisions ahead. There's is always going to be tough decisions. I'm it's not already... just, you can't just draft well and be smart yep. and like make sensible decisions into winning a cup. That's not how it works. You got to take risks and big, big moves. Everyone that, everyone that wins the cup does. I mean, look who the like reigning Stanley cup champion is right now in that. It's obviously it's the Knights who did that a million times, but yep. look, look at Colorado before them. Colorado had to make big moves. Colorado had to start over in the middle of their look at Florida. Florida, Florida, Florida treated a guy with a hundred points. Yeah. <laughs> hit their all time leading scorer. Forward. Their who all time leading scorer. Their all time leading scorer. Like it, and and we're what we're we're afraid to trade Isaac Rosean and and Noah Ostland <laughs> and Matt Savoy. Like wh- what are we doing here? You know, and and Samuelson is a guy that I already am even thinking about. Like like I said, I don't think that what we've been seeing from Samuelson is like 
I, I think the way I phrased it in the intro is like what we're resigned to from him now. Like, I think that he can figure this out. Maybe he's, maybe he's dinged up or something. I don't know. But now I'm even thinking is Samuelson, a guy that maybe you include in a bigger deal here. Like he's a proven NHL defenseman who has term. If somebody thinks that they can take him on to be like a second pair defenseman, maybe they can like make the cap hit a little bit easier to swallow. I'll tell you right now though, he's not a first pairing guy. They got to stop it with him and Darlene. But like, again, it, it's, it's more than just him. Like, I truly, I would say, aside from Tage, Darlene, and Levi. And, uh, yeah, no, I think just those three are, I think, the only untouchables in this organization for me right now. I would, if it was the right price and you were getting a superstar, I would trade power. I would trade cousins. And, again, that is not a an indictment on how I feel they are as players. I know that they haven't had, like, their best years yet this year. Uh, cousins especially has not been good. And it's not like I'm saying we need to punt on them or anything like that. That being said, if you couldn't, if you can go out and get a guy that's better than Dylan cousins, that it costs cousins and a couple pieces to get it, go do that. Like if you're going to go out and get like a cream of the crop star player, like top 15 player in the league, trade Owen power, do something, show that you have a pulse because you have to miss mix this up a little bit. You you can't, it's, it's not working. And to your point that you made before Taylor teams don't get to being perennial contenders, cup winners just through development. Right. You just don't because in large part, you don't know how a lot of these guys are going to pan out. And for some of them, we don't know right now, but there is a very, very high likelihood that and I'm not saying that I want to trade all of these guys, but between Rosean, Savoy, Oslin, Kulik, um, any uh Wahlberg who they just took in the second round, like this past year, among all of these guys, we don't know this for sure, but I would say maybe one of them at least their value right now could be as high as it's ever going to be because of the unknown. We cannot be afraid of trading unknown commodities for proven NHL effective players. You just can't be, you can't rely on that. And again, it just speaks to the fact that like, I feel like I'm going like fucking crazy here. These guys are not all going to be able to be on the team at the same time. Yep. Let's move a couple guys and bring one in. Like go get, go make a trade where you are the team that's getting the best player in the deal. Because all of the trades that Kevin Adams has made, he has moved the better player. I'm not even counting Ristolainen, but like the Reinhardt trade, the Eichel trade. Well, like, Ristolainen, he still did, right? I mean, I guess. Uh, yeah. Well, a first-round pick. I mean, I would take a first-round pick over Risto every day of the week. Like, Yeah. But the point remains, though. Like, go make a move where you are acquiring – the best player in the deal. Take a fucking risk. Do something, anything here. You know, like I, the last thing I'll say before we get to an ad break, as I had made the point before about with you and I, like not wanting to do these episodes where we're just like ragging on them and like shit talking them, like for the sake of like quality control and making sure that like we don't miss anything in the editing process. Like I always will go back and I'll listen to the episode the next day just with like a clear head and, and just to hear how we were sounding and all of that stuff. And I got to tell you, man, like it really bums me out when 
I listen back to our episodes and not even necessarily what we're saying, but the tone with which we're speaking about them is just so negative. Yeah, It's, it's so negative. And I, I listen to episodes when things are going well and like just the episodes themselves are obviously like, I think really good and have a good flow to them. I mean, obviously let's be real here, Taylor, you and I know how to rag on this team with the best of them, but like, that's right. Five but, years like the, but like the good episodes, like when we're like feeling upbeat about it and we're like engaged and excited talking about it, comparing that with like 90% of the episodes we've released since we've started this podcast. <laughs> it's really sad. Like it makes me bummed out. And I'm like, God, like, I don't want to sound like that. I don't want to be taught like speaking in this kind of like tone of voice. And it's, it's depressing that this is where we are right now. 12 years. We're 12 years into this and you can't make the playoffs in a league where half the teams make it. We are on year. What is this year? Full year three of Adams right now or four or, or right. Full year four. Yeah. Full year four. Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, God, I, I think it was our, our dear friend Huckle Buckets who had tweeted during the game tonight. Like if they miss this year and are in the same place that they're in this time next year, both of them should be fired. I mean, I'm even at the point now, and this is where I want to go after we we talk or after we go through the ads. I'm even at the point now that I'm like, do they just need to fire Granado just to shake things up and to just like have a wake up call? Because again, when you are so focused on the vibes and preserving this like bond or whatever you want to call it that they have, that let's be real, any team has. And on top of that too, you know what really creates a nice bond between the players winning games. but it makes you wonder, like, are these guys complacent? Dylan Cousins, for all of his faults, has been, I feel like at least lately, the only one that has really shown that he is mad right now. He had 11 shot attempts tonight. I think he had 11 shots on goal on 11 attempts total. And even in the post game already is like, they're paying me a lot of money to score goals, to produce I had the the chances there. I'm not scoring. I'm not earning my money. Where is the rest of that from this team? Like, I don't need Granado going out and calling guys out in press conferences or anything like that. But like, give me something. Kyle Opozo, give me something to show that this is unacceptable to you. Because otherwise, I'm just thinking they're complacent and they're happy with the fact that everything's happy-go-lucky in the locker room. I feel you, man. That's that's a good point. Cousins, I will say, I guess, you know, he was on my bad list, but he did have a really good game today, and uh, they just – his chances did got to finish. It doesn't matter if you don't finish. I don't I, – yeah. it's, it's with the point with him that if he's producing and he has a night like this, then it's like, all right, like our guy's firing. He's he's taking shots. He's, he's taking chances. If you're not finishing, I don't care. I, I don't. I don't care. Like score a goal drive play, make an assist happen, make a play happen, take over. He did have a couple of those moments tonight where I thought he was like skating really strong through the neutral zone. And then he would just like turn the puck over or somebody would just like uh, stick check him. It's just like, I'm glad that he had a strong game. I'm glad that he was, he was, you know, creating chances and opportunities. But as I said in the beginning, 
no moral victories, no pats on the back, no good efforts. You need to win games. And it's already getting to the point that we're flirting with it being too late. True, true. Let's hear from DraftKings. Uh, yeah, before that, I'll say that <laughs> I talked to someone. Everybody. I talked to someone this weekend who compared Cousins' start to Taylor Hall's error with the Sabres. So that's a concern. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. Thanks, Taylor. <laughs> that ruined my night even more. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. For example, Monday night, if you're listening to this Monday, you got a big matchup between teams the Sabres traded a star to who immediately won the Stanley Cup, the Blues and the Golden Knights. Uh, the Golden Knights, despite their recent struggles, are minus 218 favorites. So if you're interested, that's uh, I can't tell you either way, but that's certainly an interesting line given the, the Knights have not had a very strong month. But if you want to... Uh, if you want to bet on that or literally anything else in the world, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. New customers can get $150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 and over, but age will vary by jurisdiction. Void Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG dot com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Well, it's been a tough few days. Especially, this is always the toughest thing. It's not just that they lost three games. They lost three games um, since like the last time we talked. We lost. They've lost three games since the last time like I worked. Like it's the three and four nights when you lose all three of them over a weekend is like that. That's just a, an absolutely brutal stretch, and so I'm glad. I, I guess that's over, but it it's not that much of a break. They're off Monday and then Tuesday, Detroit ESPN Plus game. So it's a uh, it's just I don't know. The NHL schedule is kind of relentless. So you know they got them. They got Boston. They never win at Boston. That's Thursday. They're back at it again Saturday. That should be a win that's against Canadians, but I don't know. I don't know what to expect with these fellas, and if Alex Tuck is out, <sighs> even more so. Even more so. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. We, uh, we I am reading now, though, that it's looking like tomorrow they will have updates on Tuck, Greenway, Tage, and Gergensons. And Tage has been skating, which I guess is at least a good thing here. But like this is a perfect example. I'm I'm just reading this based off of Brian Koziel uh, from WGR. His tweet, Taylor, do your best to tell me what the hell you think this means. Granado says they will work to bring clarity and a vision through videotape to show them their potential. Like, is he just going to show them like a hype reel from last year or something? Bring you know, clarity and a vision through videotape to show them their potential. That is, sounds like a guy who's out of answers. Word me. salad. Give me all the buzzwords, baby. Yeah, like 
I guess tonight was fine in terms of how they played. They ran into a better goalie, but do they need to consider giving him the axe? Like at what point is this conversation? Is this at what point is this conversation turned like real? Like let's say right now, three, six, and one in their last ten. I mean, (laughs) what do we say here? Like if by the new year, if they're in a similar pace to that you kind of have to consider it, right? Like yeah. there's, and, and not to say whatever, but like there's some guys at home or some other guys that could potentially maybe be of use. I think on top of that too, knowing the problems that the team had last year, the fact that there wasn't any changes to the bench is also a little bit worrisome for me that you let Mike Weber and Michael Pekka walk out the door and maintain this, this coaching staff. And we're still dealing with coaching deficiencies. Yeah, that's, it's very much true. I mean, we knew the power play was a problem last year. That didn't really get better. We knew against certain teams last year, they had trouble getting through the neutral zone when the team was good at mucking it up and that they, they don't seem to have a plan for that. I think, for whatever granado has been good at, which is a lot of like dealing with young guys, helping guys reach their potential, all that, he has not been good at seemingly game planning or dealing or adjusting to anything or dealing with adversity. Like they don't seem like they, when things go wrong, it doesn't seem like they as a team ever get better at handling different situations. It's just they face teams that are better equipped to play, right? Or whatever. Like that, it's it's definitely a concern. Uh, but like, yeah, it's it's full season number three for Granado. So. All right. Let me ask you this. If you were Terry Pagula, what would you do right now? Would Mm. you make a change right now? Or would you give it a little bit more time? I probably wouldn't right now, but I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to put myself in those shoes. Cause I think if I was Pagula, I would be, I would have in the off season, you know, demanded, more answers from Adams, like what the hell are we doing? Yeah. But yeah, if 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 they had had a better offseason, I'd say, yeah, fire Granado after a start like this. You know, the we could go through the thing like we did earlier this year. Granado's like the tenth longest tenured coach or whatever he is. When we went through this before the season. Coaches get fired all the time. It happens. The lightning a while ago, long enough ago that it was a year the Sabres made the playoffs, were good. Better earlier than expected. They were, you know, good early on. The, the Stamkos had Minera. They were both young fellas. And they got a hot goalie, Dwayne Rolison, Rolly the goalie, and made game seven of the conference finals. And then they missed the playoffs the next year. You know what they did? They fired their coach and hired John Cooper. I don't know if it was that next year or the year after, but either way, like they, that was a good move. And unfortunately, we're talking about this with both teams in Buffalo right now. Sometimes it's a thing you do, you, you fire the coach. In, in this situation and you went maybe even if the coach is even a good coach and he goes on to have success somewhere else, you end up winning anyway, because it's the right move. I think this actually, you don't need, this doesn't even reach that level. Granado is under 500 as a coach. It's, it'd be, he's coached parts of two seasons and two full seasons. There's nothing that makes you think, well, we can't fire Granado because of this. It's just that he works well with young guys. Well, there's a lot of, really good prospects, really talented guys here. They should be good. And I think Granado gets a lot of credit because he looks good in comparison, not just to Ralph Kruger, but to Ralph Kruger, Phil Housley, Ron Rolston, Ted Nolan. I don't, I don't want to lump Bielsma in with that 
the fearsome foursome, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's been a lot of bad coaching. So Granado is not terrible. So he looks a little better. Well, in terms of in-game management, he looks a lot like Phil Housley right now. Not a lot of adjustment going on. So yeah. you need to see more. Like I wouldn't say fire him right now, but he's on the hot seat. No mm-hmm. doubt. I agree completely. I, I definitely agree. I think that it really comes down to where they're going to be at at the turn of the calendar. Like when they get to the new year, if they are on the same pace that they're currently playing at, they got to take a long look in the mirror and be prepared to make the tough decision here because there's going to be a lot of them coming up. I mean, I know it seems like it's a no brainer right now, but like middle stat having a great year this year has probably been their best, most consistent forward. I would say pretty pretty easily or close to at least him Benson Skinner have kind of all been up there. He's going to be waiting for a new contract at the end of this. Not to say that it's because of uh, uncomfortability with giving him money that he has earned or deserves, but like, do you feel good about giving out a big contract to Casey right now when this core has not proven that they can win anything? Yeah, that's, I don't know. It's a weird thing. Like, I don't know what to expect financially going mm-hmm. forward now. I haven't looked at what their salary uh, cap situation looks like once the Dalene and power extensions actually kick in. But yeah, they got to be getting pretty close to up there because then you, you got Quinn to consider. Now you got to consider Paterka too. So I guess you might get a bridge for one of those two guys. Yeah. But yeah, I hear you, man. It's it's tough. Like you're just gonna keep this really lock up this core that hasn't done anything. Nope. Not in the slightest. And and again, it's like I'm all about rewarding guys. Like Tage, yeah, great deal. Cousins earned that contract after last year. Darlene, highest paid player in team history, earned it with his play. But that only takes you so far for your individual efforts. You need to win something as a team. And Middlestat is a valuable asset. And while it may sound crazy to be like, oh, you want to trade the teams like the guy who's been maybe their best forward this year? You got to shake this up somehow. Yeah. You need to do something to change what's happening here because it feels like, I don't want to go as far to say as they're a free, they're in a free fall right now, but you are approaching a very dangerous portion of the season where you're going to be at the point of no return. And it doesn't matter how good you are in February, March, April of 2024. If you're going to be this far out of things or other teams are going to distance themselves from you, it's just going to be a waste of a year. And that's Buddy, they are only two points ahead of the Columbus Blue Jackets right now. Ooh, that that hurts uh, my soul and gives me a lot of bad feelings. You know what's crazy, though? What? Inexplicably, they are four points back of the Islanders for the last playoff spot right now for that wild card spot. So again, like if you can, and that is them being four points out after going three, six and one in your last 10. We jokingly have been saying like this mid off in the East right now. And this was the whole issue that we had with them not doing anything. Obviously it's one thing to just look at it from like, okay, well they didn't make themselves better. They didn't do anything to try and distance themselves from these teams that are in the middle of the pack right now in the off season that could have 
move them forward and move them ahead of them. What are you, what are we doing? It's just, it's just going to be a waste of a year again. Like there's no silver linings here. There's no happy, uh, you know, anything positive that can come out of this. I mean, obviously a Benson is continues to look great and Johnson does. Yeah, that's, that's great. But like, that doesn't matter when you're just going to miss the playoffs year after year it, because this, this front office has been complacent. This coach has been complacent and hasn't been able to, for like you said, for as great as he's been with development and getting some of these guys to play their games well and helping to elevate some of them, it hasn't happened across the board for them as a team. And until we see this team actually accomplish something, man, my my confidence, I think, is probably about as low as it's been since the day that they hired Adams. Oof. I mean, am I wrong? No, it's been, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't even seem like they care based on their behavior. Yeah. Like, I guess we'll see where they go from here because now I mean, what is what, what, serious. Another, another thing, too. Brandon Byro, absolutely deserving of a call-up. Like, you know, he's paid his dues. He was looking good in the AHL. You are fighting for your life right now, and you have one of the best prospects in the AHL lighten it up down there scoring what feels like every single game. This is not at all a dig at Brandon Byro, but like Adams, you have reinforcements right there in Rochester. You play this guy, what do you get? 12 or 13 minutes in his debut. And then they just send him back down right after. Yep. And what today you start off playing Roseanne with, with Kyle Opozo and and Peyton Krebs. And then you're running out. What was that third line then that it was uh, Jost, Olafson and Byro. You mean Jesus. to tell me that you want to have that than rather than having Yuri Kulik taking one of those spots? Like the, uh, again, we said this a few episodes ago. These are problems of their own creation, and it's catching up to them. And if they don't do something and right the ship, it's going to be too late before we know it. It's not going to matter that Tage is going to be back in two weeks or Quinn is going to be back at January first. It won't matter because they're going to just play themselves out of contention and they'll just be stuck playing catch up for the entirety of the second half of the year. Yeah. I would also say that looking at the standings, they are four back of the Islanders, but the Islanders have two games in hand. Mm. And a lot of the teams that are between them and the Islanders also have games in hand, including Ottawa, who's behind them. Stick. Absolutely sick. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's just give a quick little glance at the road ahead here. So the Sabres play three times the rest of this week. They play Tuesday against the Detroit Red Wings, potentially Pat Kane's debut. Then, oh, Boston. They are going to Boston and playing the Bruins on Thursday, followed by a matchup against the Canadians on Saturday. I mean, you got to have two of the three. You have to Boston. It is what it is. You need to beat Detroit and you need to beat Montreal. Anything else? Abject failure. I'd say so. Yeah. Winning two or three this week. That's pretty, pretty goddamn important, important and reasonable. Yeah, absolutely. Any last thoughts, Taylor, before we, we sign off that you'd like to share. Um, uh, I guess that it's, uh, let's see what else is going on in the world of sports. Anything good? No, I don't think so, actually. Uh, College football playoff. Good Lord. 
That is what fucking ridiculous. Heck, man. What the heck? Uh, insane. And uh, I don't want to get into it because it's late. Tennessee going to face Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. Brandon, do you want to guess who sponsors the Citrus Bowl? I would have said like Tropicana or something, but I'm assuming it's not. I would have thought so too. It's Cheez-Its. Strange. <laughs> So weird. It's such well, a weird thing that the cheese at Citrus Bowl. Happy, I got that notification today and I don't get it. Happy declare for the NFL draft season, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. God. The you should get a new Citrus sponsor. Bowl. Come on. Come on, fellas. Get real. How do we get a bowl game? Yeah. With is... the United Fruit Company Citrus Bowl. See? That'd be cool. Something there that at least there's like a little bit more of a correlation. I don't know. Yeah. A little, uh. little fun history history lesson people there we go don't look at that wikipedia page anyway uh folks sports there's there was a really good point made a few years ago i'm pretty sure it was by a hockey account that was like people think the the point of sports is your team wins and then you're happy the point of sports is to be sad in a group so yeah that's yeah that's a little bit of group therapy here i guess we'll see how it goes well, I'm going to go cry myself to sleep. Great. <laughs> I'm just not going to sleep. Oh, gosh. Just lying awake at night. That's. Mm. Oh, and it's December. It is December. Just the start. Yeah. Got a lot more to go, Taylor. We got like 60 more games of this, man. Hope you all are already listening at home, too, because we're all in this together, like Taylor said. With that being said, though, everybody, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And before you close out of the app, make sure you leave us a nice little rating or review, as we would very, very much appreciate it. Also... Social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You could find the Hockey Podcast Network, the Charging Buffalo, and us, Straight Up Sabres. We would very, very much appreciate a nice little follow and some social media love. So hopefully we will connect with you there. And last but not least, we have our sponsor, Taylor. We love DraftKings Sportsbook, don't we? We we really do. We, we just love DraftKings, everybody. Make sure you're using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Yeah.